Welcome to If the Apocalypse Comes Beat Me, also known as You Sold Someone a Calls Amulet and a Spooky in Bloodstone. My name is Kelly. I'm here with my wonderful co-hosts, Stacia, say hello. Hello. Daniel, say hello. Hello. And we are here to talk about episode five of season two, Reptile Boy, which originally aired October 13th, 1997. Podcast, good time to bring up where we talk about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, we'll talk about this episode. We don't go too deep on the plot, but we will talk about the characters and their interactions and spoil stuff for the future, the comics, and just everything in general. And other shows, possibly. Other shows, possibly. I don't know. This is not a recap show. Because it's not a recap show. <laughs> But uh, to get us in the mood, before we start talking about the episode at large, why don't we figure out what was going on that week in 1997 by talking to our robot news crew. Karen? Karen? Welcome to If the Apocalypse Comes, Beat Me's Humane Look into the events that shaped our world and culture from the year 1997. October. Burr. It's getting nippy outside. Can you feel it? You know what I feel? I feel like last week was a train wreck and an insult to my integrity as a generic Australian news host. The weight I carry cannot be described. I'm sorry, Kelly Stacia and Dominic, but listeners expect as much from me as you, if not more. Which is why I'm not taking any chances this week. Royston, are you there? Shut the fuck up. Give me the bullet points one word at a time. Do not elaborate. Do not announce your Iraqi intentions. Do not say a word about the British fucking empire, unless Ernesto's whereabouts are going to fall from your pink pencil metaphorical lips. Don't bother. Words. Now, Morris Papen, Dean Smith, Dario Foe, John Denver. What I heard was Morsi Papen, whose trial, after years of legal bullshit, began on his complicity in the Holocaust in France. He was convicted of crimes against humanity but he was old as shit and died in 2004. He was buried with his insignias. A son of one of Papen's victims observed, quote, besides being a remorseless dead man, he also wishes to remain a vengeful one. What I heard was Dean Smith, who retired from the University of North Carolina as the winningest coach in basketball history. What I heard was Italian playwright Dario Fo won the Nobel Prize for Literature this week, the Academy praising him as one who quote emulates the gestures of the Middle Ages in scourging authority and upholding the dignity of the downtrodden. What I heard was John Denver, who died tragically in an airplane crash in California. What I didn't hear was Queen Elizabeth headed to India to help commemorate 50 years of independence. That's right, independence, from British rule. Karen, please, please, please. Not today, Royston. You think about India, think about it real good. Patty, I got no beef with you today, but I'm gonna need you to just copy-paste 97 culture onto my hard disks. Take the podcast off, girl. Find Ernesto. Oh, shit, I love a good upload. Thanks, Patty. Oh, God. This week in music, the Pixies released Death to the Pixies. Bit dramatic. Steve Earle released El Corazon. The Brian Jonestown Massacre demanded us to give it back. Travis, I vaguely remember Travis, but can't remember if it was a good feeling or not. Everclear released so much for the afterglow with Father of Mine and I Will Buy You a New Life. Absolutely. Both fucking bangers. <laughs> Pulley dropped 60 cycle hum. H2O released Thicker Than Water. Janet Jackson swung from the velvet rope. Jimi Hendrix was mined for South Saturn Delta. As for movies Seven Years in Tibet with Brad Pitt, for the effort, Pitt was banned forever from going to China. Oh, Rocket Man starring Harlan Williams as a you'd know him if you saw him character. Most Wanted joins Keenan Ivory Wayans and John Voight. I just can't deal with those two pieces of shit. Thankfully, Boogie Nights was here to save us. Paul Thomas Anderson directs a star-studded film that sits at a 92% at Rotten Tomatoes. Finally, the story broke back Mountain by Annie Prue was published in The New Yorker. Okay. That's it. I'm going to get a drink. Royston is pinging me and I just need to power down and get away. See you next week, friends. Well, well it looks like she's doing okay. I care. A lot better than last week she was not stoked, so... Yeah, well, she had a lot to do with. So the plot of this episode, let's start with uh, all of our friends are hanging out, watching a Bollywood movie and making the commentary about uh, movies that you can't understand, as you do. 
and uh, jump cut to a girl running away from some hooded figures. It's probably fine. Oh, guy takes off his hood. He's handsome. Can't be doing something that bad. Uh, later, we are hanging out in the cemetery with Angel. It's a real gross conversation. We're having a real gross conversation, but it does yield a clue that Angel is able to smell some blood on a tiny, tiny little bit of bracelet. That's going to come in handy later. I don't know why he has that ability. Uh, He's a vampire. You don't know why? <laughs> well, like, that's such an infinitesimal amount. I'll talk about that later. Anyway, <laughs> find out the girl, the bracelet belongs to a, a girl, but that's not really the important part of this episode. The important part is that Buffy's going to a college party. Cordelia ropes Buffy into, or harangues Buffy into going to a frat party. Uh, it goes really well, as frat parties tend to do. They end up chained in a basement. Uh, and here Scrum. comes Makiti. Makiti? Makita. The snake monster that's a friend of you and your family. Uh, he intends to eat the girls that the frat has been capturing in order for the frat members to contain, continue being prosperous and having all the monies and all the ladies. Buffy's able to free herself from her chains, cut Makita in half. Possibly. I don't know. She just kind of stabs down. Stabs down, but then it's complained later that he's cut in half, so the jury's out on that. Uh, and we all go home and think about uh, the consequences of the patriarchy. So, let's dig into the episode. Stacia, you want to start us off on how you think about how you felt about Reptile Boy and what uh, what you had to say? Yeah, you. Yeah, you. The theme seems to be patriarchy, and not in an intentional way. I doubt this was. Um, a conversation that Joss Whedon was expecting people to have when they watched it, because I'm pretty sure he was just like, woo, snake villain! But the villain is set up and how to phrase this? Penis. <laughs> the villain in, yeah, in physical aspects looks like a giant dick, which, you know, I don't know, symmetry, whatever. <laughs> So we learn in the episode that Makita is a snake-like monster that lives in the bowels of this frat house, and um, the frat boys sacrifice women to this monster once a year to maintain their um, prosperous futures, as well as their fathers, who obviously were in the frat before them, um, which is why they all get to be so shiny and rich and white and pretty. But this is like a literal actual metaphor for the patriarchy basically that men promote violence over women which is what makes them prosper and this is like a literal representation of that but that's essentially the situation like these men are in a frat which is a man only institution and they are hurting women to make themselves more powerful and stronger so that they can become powerful lawyers and big executives and whatever it is and they end up becoming um, and by doing this, they're like worshiping something that literally looks like a giant penis, <laughs> the <laughs> symbol of all malehood and patriarchy. <laughs> um, and then furthermore, we see this acted out in other ways in the show. One of the biggest other examples is Xander, who crashes the frat party and we mm-hmm. see him stripped of his clothes and put into a bra and a wig and lipstick mm-hmm. Because what's worse than being Xander? Being a woman. And not only that, but it's so much funnier because he's not even wearing a sexy bra. He's wearing a granny bra that's like with giant boobs. So not only is he a woman, but he's an ugly woman. So he doesn't have anything to bring to the table. No value at all. Well, not even those crazy frat boys would uh, sleep with them. They made a joke about that. Yeah. It's like from the single you look, no, you still look ugly. Exactly, because the only value that a woman has is her attractiveness. Truth. Also, right off the bat that we see Cordelia has internalized everything. Right off the bat, she's talking about Dr. Debbie, some girl, some woman. As somebody who's driven around this country listening to AM radio and hearing women talk about how they must be subservient to their husbands and boyfriends and all of that, all of that just hit 100%. And, And then you get the two different types of people that we meet the two frat boys. We obviously get the skeezy mm-hmm. one that like is cool with Cordelia, just like ha 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 ha, like really dumb and vapid, because that's who he is. He's a pervert. You know, he's terrible. He's trying to rape Buffy, but you know, obviously, was it Tom? Tom Warner would never yeah. do that. So you've got two, nice and then guy. Tom Warner's the worst guy. Yeah, he's, <laughs> you got to watch out for the nice ones. Um, but yeah, so Cordelia has internalized all of that. Um, she sees dating a college boy as more of a status instantly than high school, so she just writes off. Um, 
what's his name, Xander, that guy. <laughs> Cordelia uh, goes back to being an asshole in the pursuit of her goal. She pushes Willow out of nowhere. What the fuck's up with that? Everyone's just having a good time, talking about skipping class. Mm-hmm. Cordelia had the length of this entire apartment right here to walk around Willow, and she just smashes right into her, which means she was only thinking right there at, what's his name? Richard Anderson, the whitest name you could possibly, <laughs> possibly come up with. Um, and Buffy, she says, Buffy, these men are rich, and I'm not being shallow, because of course, Cordelia, not really. She's just oh, she, his name is the... Richard, sorry. His name is Dick. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and then Cordelia, that for her, this is about her permanent prosperity. It's all like, Buffy, you have to be here, because they're more interested in you, because of course they are. You have to be there for my permanent prosperity. I am a high school junior, but I already have to be in this world thinking about, or I'm told to think about how to snatch one of these men and go about so living that kind of life. Also, that's interesting about Cordelia is the fact that she's putting her internalized misogyny onto Buffy saying, mm-hmm. this is how you will behave. This is how you won't behave. This is the appropriate way for you to act. And then and Xander sh- to conform to this. And Xander shows up, which is kind of interesting. Um, and before I get to that, Cordelia at the end says that you have all the rich people and then the other people. So even beyond just that level, we've seen her not understanding slavery, the plight of Jews across world history. <laughs> like sure. we understand that Cordelia has a serious lack of like awareness, awareness, and I, I guess Unless I wouldn't it say em- her. Yeah, and I wouldn't even say empathy because she certainly finds it. But at this level, she just has nothing. She's a very I don't know. It's like there's nothing in there, and I, which kind of makes me sad because that's pretty much at the end of it all. We clunk back into reset mode, and she's back to the normal person who has been kidnapped in four of the last <laughs> six episodes. Like, what the fuck? She's so good at getting kidnapped. Oh my god. Yeah, and then we see. I I I put it as a false dawn. I don't really know why, so I'm going to read through it. But we said Xander, he, who's not new to you know casual sexism, calls out Cordelia and says, you know, are you going to wear a halter top or are you going to your hours of operation? And it's undercut, which is playful in a way because it's like true. Like that's what she's doing. But also I think that it works well because we start to see Buffy's indifference to Cordelia and really her own reasons for going to the party. And the fact that in the end it doesn't really matter because the men get what they want regardless. So even if Buffy is like being indifferent to like all of this bullshit from Cordelia and sort of accepting it or mm-hmm. not really accepting it, just being like, this is dumb, but I'm doing it because Angel. Like, right. I think that's all she was ever doing it for. She was also doing it Angel. for a man. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, and so then we meet Delta Zeta Kappa, you know, Maybe the cult Zeta. itself. Sorry. Sorry, what was that? Screen reference. Oh, that's coming up, actually. <laughs> Were you quoting Buffy? Yeah, well, Sarah Michelle Gallery. Sarah Michelle yeah. <laughs> Um, I certainly remember when I was a teenager, you know, dressing up in monk's clothes and running around. Who has I mean, Obviously. I mean, that's a young man. Doesn't everyone to do. have a snake in their basement? Absolutely. Obviously. And also, let's talk oh, about... Oh, that's... Sorry. I'm just like... Oh, snake in the basement. <laughs> also, Came let's talk about... the way I meant to do. <laughs> back to the building codes. Like, how is this even, like, upheld? Who who built right. this? Like, what's going on here? I don't even know. It's probably just as shady as their monk robes. That's true. And also, running around in monk robes, I also... Uh, I can't even do this. Um, so when we meet them, right off the bat, the hair. I mean, Jesus, his hair is just like instantly for me. I'm like, you are a certain person. And then you look at Tom Warner over there. You're like, okay, you're going to be a certain person. And it's exactly that. Hi, I'm Tom, I'm Tom Warner, senior at Crestwood College. Part of the scheme where you either are drawn to a ferociously generic good looks or my middling even keel tone of voice. His hair or mine, there are only two choices. That's pretty much it. Uh, and it, it, you know, it doesn't matter about his doltishness. And then he said that he was a history major, and I was like, oh, I kind of, I kind of like, I kind of like you, Tom. Oh, no, I know, I know. And then, and then I almost really fell into Tom's beautiful eyes when he said <laughs> when he said that um he was saying that there was a really dope party with really dope people but he was saying dull but i heard dope um. and then when he clarified i was like oh thank god you're a douche <laughs> if it was dope people i'm in because i love saying dope and now you're speaking my language tom god. but we had a falling out right there which was good for me because yes. i would have who knows where i would have went with this you one. i would have just been like been drugged in a frat house I that's where you would have been possibly or like carve shit on me i guess i'll be who's the person who's the bad Mol, not moloch that's the makita makita 
No, fuck that. Uh, the party is terrible. Uh, Buku babes. You got the people running. Also, what's up with that guy running at Buffy? Who charges <laughs> people like a bull? Who does terrible. that? Uh, worst generic. Boy. I guess, but I've never seen that behavior before. Yeah. And I've been around a lot of drunk, dumb men. And I've been to a lot of... That's never happened. Again, worst, worst generic frat party <laughs> in existence. Um, Buffy I just needed her to be saved by that guy. By the guy, exactly. And so, like, Buffy falls for, which is pretty gross and also I, I the reason why i think that this was planned was like this sort of line of thinking which was that you're either you, what was it when tom offered her the drink and it was like oh i remember when i wasn't cool and i didn't right. like grown-up things yeah, yeah, and then yeah. you have tom saying you're too grown up you need to let go sometimes so from both ways she's hearing the same thing which is that just submit just yeah, you know just, do just just do what you gotta do what we want you to do and then the music holy shit guys she thinks she runs with the wolves. Oh my god. The they do it music. twice. The music cues are terrible. During and you're telling party? me that this is great. You're telling me that the music is great and it's terrible no, so no, far. Hey, these are... Hey, hey, listen. Christophe, <laughs> Christophe Beck, Beck is right? not the person who's picking the music. I don't think he's just Ooh. composing the, the pieces. But the music in this frat party Ooh. scene are inexcusable. The music are inexcusable. That's they're just right. like... They're, they hit you so hard over the head with its ridiculousness. Yeah, the wolves that in it She moves! <laughs> we'll get to that. Don't you Don't you worry. Um, also, hazing is a real thing. So, like, the whole thing with Xander, mm-hmm. it's like... Obviously, it's a joke and that's a thing. But, like, 20 years on, 20 people at Penn State just got convicted of manslaughter. Holy shit. For, basically, the pledges drank an entire bottle of vodka right off the bat and this one kid fell, I think, or something. I forget the exact thing. But he hit his head. He hit his head to the point that the people, uh, the prosecutor in the case was saying, you see videotape evidence of this from other people. He's like in the corner, like cowering, holding his head. And she was saying he was so drunk that he was unable to say anything. You guys laid him out on a you know, a couch or whatever it was. But in his head the entire time, he was feeling that pain. He was feeling his brain bleeding to death. But he had no way to vocalize it. You didn't call 911 until the next morning when he wasn't moving anymore. But you would constantly, they constantly went over. And he wasn't moving. He wasn't doing anything. But they just didn't do anything about it. Wow. And, and a couple of times before that, they forced him to drink even more. Just, I think, beers and stuff like that. But, yeah. like, fuck, man. Fucking terrible. So it's not even just with women. It's like this, and they we have pledges in there, you know, dressed up. That's one thing, like mm-hmm. dressing up as whatever, like babies or whatever it was. He had like a bib on, yeah. or I don't know. They were no, they were dressed up as women, as women too. Corsets. Yeah, yeah. And then Xander, in the end, he even says when he's walking away, he says that he dreams of having that power and prestige, mm-hmm. so he wants it. But then he also acknowledges at the same time that they would have more. So there's always that sense of him. I don't know if that ever gets overcome, where he never feels that he'll ever be better than anyone so he's constantly even in his dreams of power and prestige (laughs) but even in his dreams of power and prestige he can't bring himself to just feel like i will be better than them no he's always going to be worse than them so that was what it was and then um you know cordelia at the end of that the trauma like i loved her you're going to jail for fifteen thousand years that was great i enjoyed that but like she's the same person she's just fine and she thinks Angel, which again was like what happened to Xander. And I just don't know if it's like, that's the part I couldn't read. If it was a joke or if like, she's so traumatized, she just keeps doing this weird thing where she thinks all the men instead of the women, which then know. underscores, but also undercuts the entire argument of the entire episode. Because for me right now, it's pretty cut and dry. Like what you were saying before this episode, the patriarchy, all of that. But what undercuts it for me is Angel. Angel and Buffy, the entire relationship between the two of them and the way that the two of those things interact with one another, everything gets so muddled that the reason this episode sucks is that it doesn't present a cogent argument about something without inputting all of these characters into a pot because Angel instantly, as we know Angel right now, complicates that plot how does it complicate it because angel is fucking creepy as shit and we are we are supposed to root for him to go save her from the thing i mean we can get into angel and buffy but that's pretty much that's my entire working argument here is that women's potential is sapped and drained so that men can benefit it's clunky angel shit undercuts it but it's truth it's absolutely true but what it also is is a truism and that's why the existential horrors for Buffy always win out over real life because they're not good enough writers to make 
a cogent argument about what we see. We want to project it on it, but it constantly undercuts itself because that's not what they were doing. They weren't smart enough to think of something like that or they didn't see the world like that. So the critiques of society are not always good entertainment. Maybe if you had an entire show about a very specific thing, you could do it. But the problem, especially with this, is that you go one episode before the status quo gets put right back into place. And we're not talking anymore about gender inequality and rape culture. We're talking about praying mantises again. That's all we (laughs) fucking talk about is praying mantises. We don't talk about the actual problems of the world. Because the next episode, we reset everything. Everything's fine. We just have a couple weird monsters off there. We don't talk about the real problems. And so Angel's a real problem. He's a fucking gross. He's 241 years old. She's 16. I don't know how we ever... how. Yeah. How are we getting around that? He's 15 times older than her. He did the math. (laughs) I said he's done the fucking math. It doesn't stop being creepy. And for us, we have to accept it because we have to pay our tax to continue going with the show. So we have to we have to pay it so that we can get in a sense and we can get, you know, what else is a passion and being right. We, We need all of that to get all the way through. But if we're being critical selves, this is sucks. This is creepy. This is terrible. Yeah. They are terrible for each other. And so Willow, incorrectly, at the beginning of this episode, says, you guys are meant for each other. No, Willow, they're not meant for each other. That's an incorrect statement. Please <laughs> fix yourself. It sucked that in the end, Bonerface had to come in and had to be part of all of that because Boner it just didn't. And she Perfect. became a vampire. I'm like, no, he became fucking horny and he wanted her. <laughs> like, it's so gross. And then at the end, I loved it when it's like, we should get coffee one time. Xander in that moment was great. He was just like, Angel, angel, angel. Does every conversation we have have to come around to that freak? Hey man, how you doing? Puffy. Angel. Xander. I think it's really funny because there are a lot of people out there that ship Buffy and Angel together. I think Joss Whedon even said, like, Angel is her one true love and she's never going to find anything greater than mm-hmm. that. And the show thinks that. I think the show fundamentally oh, believes absolutely. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and fundamentally reinforces it even after Angel leaves the show with Spike mm-hmm. for sure. Because she tries to pretend with Riley. She's like, I'm going to yeah. be a normal person. Mm-hmm. But with Spike, she's like, you're never going to be Angel. You're never going to be Angel. You're a vampire. I can only ever relate you to Angel, and you're not Angel. You're not Angel. Yes. But I think it's interesting because I can't help but think about Gilmore Girls when I think about the three relationships because Rory and Gilmore Girls has three main relationships, and then Buffy has three main relationships. Mm-hmm. And so Rory starts out with Dean, who is her mm-hmm. steady, perfect boyfriend, who always lets her fuck up and is the always Riley. there for her and will always, <laughs> always support her, yeah. who is Riley. Who's Riley? Yeah. They even look similar. Yeah. And yeah. then Buffy. Maybe there's the same person, who knows? They all yeah. look <laughs> And then R- Rory's second boyfriend is Jess who is the eternal fuck-up, who is the bad, moody, sulky boy, who has emotional mm. problems, who leaves her. I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> that might third? be Angel. <laughs> or and could then, just be I mean, And then the third? third one, the third one she dates is named Logan, and he is like... A werewolf, I know. Frosted hair, <laughs> the like, cool boy who's rich and just does whatever the fuck he wants to and always has a smart quip about everything. Mm-hmm. And he falls hopelessly in love with her, even though he was the bad boy who should have never been tamed because he was like this cool player. And then in the end, she rejects him. So that's obviously Spike. Yeah. And so it's interesting. So do we think Gilmore still from Buffy <laughs> or we're just projecting? Because that's pretty much on point. It's really. exactly. Yeah. Those, so those relationships are mirrored, except Rory's are like inverted. Like she has the good relationship to compare it to this bad one. And Buffy starts mm, out with this yeah. bad relationship and then has a good one with Riley. Mm-hmm. But she can never trust it because she had Angel first and Angel broke her in every conceivable way yes. that he could have broken her and gave her so many problems that she's never going to get over. Right. Um, but the thing that's interesting is that he is portrayed as being Dean. He is portrayed as being Riley the entire time, even though he's the moody guy that's mm-hmm. going to give her problems. Yes. And so that's why I think we're struggling with this idea of Angel because he's supposed to, he's the steady one who's there. He came and he saved her at the end. But we know that he's not that person. No. He can't be that person. Correct. And so I think that's why this feels broken and especially feels wrong because with me, with Angel, he's like, I'm 241 years old and you're 16 and we can't do this. And I feel that like to my yeah. core. But with Spike, who is also I way know. older than her, you don't. it doesn't bother me. Yeah. <laughs> 
Maybe at that point, yeah. I feel like Buffy has enough agency to say yes or mm-hmm. no to things. But at this point, Buffy doesn't know better, but Angel does. Yeah, and that brings a lot like, of things up. I yeah. can be good for you, but I'm not good for you. And so, one thing. The age of all those people, they're not 241 in Gilmore Girls. I'm taking it, right? They're yeah, probably, no, they're appropriately aged. Appropriately aged. Uh, two, which is something that you probably won't agree with, but I think is something worth thinking about, is that I do think the darling, as we've established, of everything is Angel Buffy. And what's what's interesting about the last episode in Mummy Girl is that it was a one-time thing from somebody. The Zeppo, an episode we don't, you don't like. <laughs> yeah. But the Zeppo has done Lover's Walk and the Zeppo are the only two that this Dan, whatever his name is, Weber. does. Yeah. Weber. Weber? Weber. And they're both pretty, you know, very unique episodes. I, I guess Lover's Walk, right? That's a Spike-centric one. Is that the... Well, when Spike comes back and he gets Willow to... Willow, uh, yeah. Wants to get Willow to do a love spell on Drusilla. Oh, okay. And okay. I think that the show, as much as they might want to joke about Angel and stuff, I do believe that throughout the whole thing, I don't know about, you know, five, six, seven, you know, after Angel exists and they sort of fizzle out if, if it keeps going like that, but especially right now... Something, the light that's shown on Angel and Buffy and the Zeppo is something that's a mocking. It's a mockery of light that's shown on the two of them, oh, how ridiculous it is. And I feel like we never, ever touch on that again. Um, and I don't know if that's just a Dan thing or if Just wanted to do something like that or just kind of like introduce the concept, maybe make half the fans happy and half the people not. Who knows? But I got to thinking about it. I was like, how often is this show really? We talk a lot now about shows being self referential and critical of themselves. I, I can only think of Storyteller with Andrew. That's the episode, right? Uh-huh. In season yeah, where six. he's essentially narrating everything. That's the only yeah. other one I can think that's like self-referential and kind of like understands the dynamics at play because he's they're, you know playing with the Tara Willow thing. Like, oh, look at those curtains, you know? When, while they're making out on the right. thing. Yeah, like, it's that's the kind of thing. The show, I don't, as far as I, I know, mean, doesn't do that often. You can make an, a definite argument for normal again being that, where Buffy's oh. in the insane asylum. I yeah, mean, I was going to say that too. Okay, yeah. oh, and they talk about because like, what's going on. Because they're very aware of this could just literally be someone's insanity. Mm. Yeah. Like, And I think look, going forward, I'm interested in seeing how, because I hate Angel and Buffy, and mm-hmm. I thought that I would kind of feel a little different at this point, but I fucking hate them as much as I did before. <laughs> and so I'm interested to see if I can, I'm going to pay my tax, of course, I'm going to keep going with it. And I'm going to treat it not always as a 241 age versus a 16 and try to get through this. But I wonder how much light they're even going to... It's like, why introduce it if you don't want... Like, you keep saying it over and over again. Like, what am I supposed to feel toward that? Are you challenging me? Because... I don't expect that from my WB show that I just want to watch. Are you challenging me? Like, I think today you might be challenging me, but why are you challenging me then? You know? It's a weird I don't know, thing it's weird. because him saying, I'm 241 and 241, the only conclusion you can draw from that is he could more literally say, I'm a pedophile. Mm-hmm. Stay yeah. the fuck away from me. Right. Except that- He does in this episode. He said, what yeah. do you expect? If we go date, you're going to go somewhere you don't want to go, which is like, what does that mean? Like, we're going to fuck. Charming. Real charming, Angel. Like, gross. Okay, but he doesn't outright say it, right? And I think this is the thing that Buffy does, where it skirts around these, like, really heavy topics. Like, in the pack, I never thought about it as cannibalism. Right, that's true. Right? But it is, and cannibalism is horrifying. horrifying. And (laughs) pedophilia is horrifying. But you're not going to say that. You're just going to imply that this is what's happening. (laughs) But you're not really going to, like, get into the brass tacks of it, because, of course, a pedophile can't be... The, the leading man, <laughs> like the heartthrob. <laughs> you cannot have McSteamy pedophile. You can't do that. Right. My biggest problem is not only is Angel 241 years old, but he was almost 30 when he was killed. That's which the means bigger Even if he was a human alive, transported into the future, he would still be a creepy pedophile, skeeving on Buffy. Like, so how do we go forward with this? Do we just do? Just do we let now? Because we can't talk about it every time, right? So like, this is our getting it out, right? Well, I think they were just. Like it needs to be star-crossed and you know and it angsty. is and that's what Buffy says. She's like, does isn't it supposed to feel like this? Oh, so it's just this thing that's thrown in to be a problem and an obstacle for them to get over. But then basically, yeah. vampires are sort of approached as being ageless. Like yes, yeah. they have years, but they don't count. It doesn't matter how old you are because you're just a thing. You're just this. On the flip side, what do you do if you're a 500 year old vampire? Can you only then date 500 year old vampires? Like if you turn someone who's I say stay 30, 30, thirty. No, no, no. But you died when you're thirty. Date a thirty year old. That's fine. Yeah. I guess I understand that, right? It's like you, but you have 240 years of experience. That's yeah. different than just your age. Well, like you're thirty. Date a thirty year old. So if you have dated two people every year, that's like 
Um, never mind. Never mind. Look at this mace. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Why do they call it a mace? Yeah. <laughs> pat, pat. But at the very end, I mean, the music says it all. She bends, she breaks, she loves you, then she takes it away. It's like, fucking God. This terrible, terrible shit. Another note about Spike and Angel. Uh, Spike never pretends to be a good person, but mm-hmm. Angel is a nice guy, TM, throughout. Yeah. True, true, true. Uh, I think that's often more damaging. I think that's the theme of this episode, too. It's like, mm-hmm. just because someone's nice doesn't mean they're the good guy. That's true. I think that yeah. was said by someone. Mm-hmm. She lived. She made it through. Oh, uh, I hope Cali? that she enjoyed her reunion with her family and her friends. I hope so, too. All right. To bring this all together, we're going to talk a little bit about snakes. Yes. <laughs> this is the first in what I'd like to call a series of of unfortunate snakes in uh, <laughs> the Vampire Slayer. Are we going to learn about snakes on a plane? What is there oh. to learn? What is, don't put snakes on a plane. <laughs> unless Samuel L. Jackson's there. You're actually not allowed to have a snake on a plane unless Samuel L. Jackson's there. I don't know if you wanted that. Oh, sure. Thanks. Um, this is the first appearance. We don't have a, a lot of firsts in this episode. Um, other than Buffy drinking for the first time, which will come up uh, to comedic effect later in Beer Bad, everyone's favorite episode, and then again in season six. Buffy I thought this was like, an anti-drinking I think episode. We all learn. No, something that's interesting is the poster. The yeah. poster. I was just gonna say that. No, that's what made me thinking. Yeah. Like, is this just like an anti-drink? Because I kind of forgot the details. Yeah. Yeah. I was so like, oh, is that what we're doing? A... Oh, she was poisoned, so now it's not really that. But but it, it yeah, but so there's a poster um, of a kid who has a messed up face. It looks like a scar, stitches, mm-hmm. or something. And under it, it says, "Not everyone who um, drives drunk dies." Because, you know, it's worse than dying being ugly. That's true. Or being like Tyrion, scarred across the face. But yeah, so that was pretty heavy-handed. Joss Whedon clearly doesn't approve of drinking. I've actually seen posters like that, so... Yeah, I mean, I think think that that was probably a real poster. Because it looked pretty legit, but the Mm. fact that it popped up in this episode where... Drinking was a thing. Clearly, she wasn't supposed to be drinking. And and she knew it, and she did it. And well, and Willow says, all they do is drink, and the orgies, and yeah... It's like, yeah, you were definitely hammering that home. Beer bad might be the only other time. Yeah, I don't, yeah. how often Which do we also, talk about drinking? We drinking ends badly. Do it again in uh, um, Willow drinks. Oh yeah, Willow drinks in something blue. To right, it, right, right, right. Yeah. Speaking of drinking, let's talk about God. <laughs> okay, um, sorry to just ri- derail. No, yeah, no, we totally no. just jumped right. Yeah, in. that's <laughs> totally <laughs> cool because that. Because I had nothing, actually, so let's move on. No, because <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all valid points. Oh, also, earlier I said uh, snakes has a euphemism for male genitalia. Not all men have penises, so I take that back. So, just euphemism for penises. There we go. Um, I'm going to talk about snakes and mythology a little bit. Oh my god, did you know everyone fucking loves snakes throughout the history of humanity? Snakes have just been around, symbolizing... Fertility, mostly. Again, with the fucking penis thing. They uh, have been around. They are anim- animals. True, true. But as far as, like, showing up <laughs> oh, in, in mythology. mythology yeah. Um, often symbolizing fertility and uh, infinity. Um, the idea of being reborn. Mm. Because snakes can shed their skin, people were real into that. Been real into that for a long time. So I'm into that. Right? I mean, just the ideas. But the idea of getting the, something off I don't think we skin. think about snakes. And, what is that thing? The Uroboros or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, in, the snake that eats... I'm right sorry. Oh. <laughs> Jumping ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so I, I, tr- I did for like an hour. I researched this and there's just... Mm. Uh, too many. Too many. Every col- Think of a culture that's ever existed in the world. The history of the world. They had a thing for snakes. So Hawaii wouldn't, right? They don't have snakes. Inuits. True. <laughs> True, but they do have mongies, which is... I- Inuits. What about them? Do they have they probably snakes? don't. Look, I'm not a scientist. What I'm telling you is lots of people have you things got the for point. snakes. So I just yeah. got, got a couple. Got a couple. Snakes so, are pretty ubiquitous. They're pretty much... Yeah, they're if you, everywhere. In some form or another. If some culture was left out that I didn't hit, I apologize. This is really just a cursory glance and stuff. So, well, we already offended the Eskimos before, so... Yeah. I'll the Inuit. Inuit. Y'all be saying Eskimo. I was like, mm-hmm. well, she is an Eskimo. Did she ever say she was an Eskimo? They did. Good. Yeah, yeah they did. They I mean, because just when I see her, I just think Eskimo because it's 97. I have to go back to 97. That's what we would say in 97. That's true. We would just say Eskimo. But we're in 27. I know. Right? So they're the Inuit. As I said, Inuit. All right. Ancient Greece. <laughs> the god yeah. Asclepius. Asclepius? I don't know. 
what? The robots will fix it. I don't know why you're looking at me. Yeah, like, uh, let me get my Greek out real yeah. quick. Uh, the god of medicine is often depicted with a mm, staff mm, that mm. has snakes intertwining, which is a symbol we still use for medicine today. I went to Marsteller Middle School in Manassas, Virginia, and we were the Marsteller Medics, and which is ridiculous. What? Yep. You're, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Your middle school's high Scott, a high Scott mascot <laughs> was a fucking snake staff? No, well, no it the was medics? the... We were the medics, and it, it was that staff. It was the staff with the snake going around it. Yes, we were the Marcella medics. Some mascots are the weirdest things. How is that a mascot? It's kind of amazing, though. I mean, you've never heard of the medics, right? That's right. We're going to get <laughs> you. That's ya. right. Yeah. Oh, man. But it was pretty cool, actually. Uh, the logo was really... Because, yeah, I've it's seen cool that picture. elsewhere. Yeah. It's really cool. It's wrapping yeah. around the staff. We have the yeah. ancient Greeks to thank for that. Thanks. Uh, the Ouroboros. As everybody is pretty familiar with it. <laughs> Sorry. A symbol of introspection, the eternal return, mm-hmm. or cyclicality, immortality, and infinity. It comes from ancient Egypt in the 14th century BC. It, it was part of the enigmatic Book of the Underworld in uh, ancient Egypt. So that symbol, the Ouroboros, was actually jacked by the Greek, and that's how we ended up getting it in the Western right. world. Do you want to explain Egypt, what it is? It is a picture of or a snake that's eating its own tail, again, to symbolize mm-hmm. infinity and, and introspectively. Awesome. Ouroboros. Love it. Tattoo on many a person many. in the world today. Many a drunk person has gotten that tattoo. I just want the, the snake with the thing. It's got its butt in yeah. its mouth. It's either that or just <laughs> random Chinese characters. One yeah. of the two. Have you always wanted to put your butt in your mouth? Haven't you always wanted to get the oh. words kitchen tattooed on your back in another nice. language? Yes. Or it's like the human centipede. It's either that or the infinity. Oh. So. No. Some people do it. I don't know. Korea. I can't, I can't vouch for them. Aobshin? The wealth goddess appears as a black snake with, her, with ears, and it symbolizes worth because snakes in uh, the Korean mythology, uh, they eat rats and stuff and other pests, so they're, they're uh, symbolized worth. They have value because of that. Nice. Australia? Aboriginals have a myth regarding a huge python called the Rainbow Serpent that is said to have created the landscape, embodied the spirit of fresh water, and punished lawbreakers. Which is hilarious because Australia would become a penal colony for the great white British. Right? That's true. And also it would be amazing if it was like Angel. They they were punishing the lawbreakers by doing what Angel essentially did by taking, at the end of the episode, just like casually citizens arresting them and just like slowly walking them up the stairs like the worst ending of an episode ever i wish we never saw what happened to them like but to have to see them walk out with angel officer angel it's terrible officer angel (laughs) so it'd be great if it was like a little snake that came down yes you're under arrest render unto these fucking (laughs) rapists sweet sweet judges yeah justice rainbow serpent and the the snakes are like this doesn't represent me no that's right i represent justice so Australian real, justice. Real quick while we're talking about that. So who's the bigger bad guy? Uh, Tom Warner, who is mm. the ringleader and like bring these girls out here to die, mm. or Richard the Rapist? Oh. Who's what? The worst Who's person. worse? I think Tom Warner. I think they're correct in that he's the, he's the I mean, one he, to... Okay, so he is leading women to their eventual deaths. Bad. Bad. But Richard is raping unconscious women. Or would be if Tom would not stop him. Oh my god! It's like the worst fucking would you rather ever. Well, it's terrible. Because what do you what do you say to it without like sounding really callous and terrible? Is that One one's death way. and one's life? Of course. I think Tom is worse. Tom's worse. He I doesn't mean, stop the other guy out of any sense of morality. He, he does, does it out of practicality. Mm-hmm. True. True. That's a that's a solid argument. There we go. Yeah. Tom. The Aztecs, everybody's mm-hmm. favorite serpent lizard, Quetzalcoatl. Uh, feathered yeah. serpent guy. Worship by worship started dating back to the first century BC in the city of Teotihuacan. Sorry about the pronunciation. Yeah, that's wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's wrong. <laughs> what is it? Teotihuacan. Teotihuacan. I've never been able to pronounce it. Sorry. Anyway, associated yeah, with. Yeah, I just learned like the word Tenochtitlan. That's it, one of them. It, oh, yeah, yeah. Is that the one? Tenochtitlan. That's what she's trying to say. Okay, Tenochtitlan. Yeah, there you go. That one. Been there. Associated with wind. The oh. dawn, Venus as the morning star, which I'm not sure what that means, mm. uh, and tutelary patron of arts, which Stacia told me is redundant, crafts, merchants, and okay. priesthood. That's a lot of things. I know. Venus, the morning star, like the planet. Yeah, Venus, but it says specifically Venus as the morning star, meaning like... I love that, though. When beautiful. it rises in the morning, you can see it. Oh, yeah, okay. I just love that turn of phrase. That's beautiful. Venus as the yeah. morning star. Hmm. It needs to be... Man, Aztecs, for all that... 
sacrifice. That's <laughs> a beautiful Brutal, there. but beautiful. <laughs> uh, Mamiwata, a water spirit, um, or class of spirits, usually depicted as a woman holding a snake or with the lower body of a snake, associated with fertility and healing, worshipped in West, Central, and South Africa. Okay. And then, bringing it in this episode, because we uh, watch Bollywood to open and close it, yeah. India. Uh, snakes or uh, Nagas, which is a word for a deity or class of deities, or slash beings, uh, that takes the form of a very large snake in Hindu and Buddhist mythology. Snakes primarily represent rebirth, death, mortality, due to its shedding of skin. Important Nagas would be Shesha, the Naga... I'm sorry, the Naga Raja, or king of all Nagas, and one of the primal beings of creation. The god Vishnu does yoga on top of him, like meaning he's depicted often with Vishnu laying on top of him because they're they're tight like that. He one of uh, <laughs> one of Shesha's main goal, like you want yoga mat for today. <laughs> yeah, missions in life is to sing the the praise of Vishnu, uh, who's one of the like. I don't know what a lot about. Life. I don't know a lot about Hindu religion. I don't want to like overstep my bounds. But Vishnu is one of the big. There's yeah. like a big three, and Vishnu is yeah. one of them. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Shisha is also known as Vasuki in Buddhism. So Hindu and Buddhism share a lot of crossovers. Vasuki is the name of Shesha. Kaliya, who poisoned the Yamuna River, Krishna compelled him to leave by after subduing him. Can't just poison rivers, my friend. Can't do that. Manasa, queen of the snakes, worshipped for prevention and cure of snake bites, fertility and prosperity. And in the south of India, if a cobra is killed by accident, it is cremated like a person. So there you go. Cool. Okay, Boots, start a walking. I know, I talk too much anyway. They're really dull parties full of really dull people, so... Would you like to come and save me from a really dull fate? Let's get back to the episode a little bit. Did anybody learn anything and get some valuable lessons from this episode? I mean, do you, I, Daniel, have I, any I learned the obvious, which is do what you've been continuing to do, Daniel. Not raping and pillaging <laughs> entire towns Thank God. for your i mean i don't even I don't prosperity even yeah right get out of here get out of here station did you learn anything from this episode i learned don't drink dumb boys drinks or snake demon will you i learned that you can't lie to giles because he will definitely fucking find out and sometimes yeah. to get ahead you gotta feed people to a snake so, well, you took, the, you took the dark <laughs> lesson. There were two paths, and I chose the yeah. wrong one. Star of a snake, lose a fortune. Yeah. Oh. Ah, that's the line. There you go. Nice. Shit's perfect. Star of a snake, nice. lose a fortune. That's good. All right. Well, before we all succumb to the power of rich white men, let's... Scream some, some things out. Scream some, some things out at each other. Scream. She's got 12... No, I'm sorry. She's sad because... She, Sorry. <laughs> Daniel's too ready to yell. I'm ready to go. She said because her lover gave her 12 gold coins, but then the wizard cut open her bag of salt. Now the dancing minions have nowhere to put their maypole fish thing. Might be one of the best lines Willis ever Greatest said. Greatest things ever said in the world. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Ha ha. Cordelia Chase. Perfect. <laughs> Who is Dr. Debbie? Let's find her and kill her. Oh yeah, totally. And uh, hilariously, the tombstones are mother and dad. When the girl's running through the thing. Yeah. What's up with that? Oh my, oh my god, god, in the beginning, so good. What the fuck is that shit? We're like, so she was like, oh my god, did it fucking say dad on the ground? Like, <laughs> like, that's it. Just generic dad is yeah. dead here. They couldn't even be bothered to come up with a name. <laughs> like, literally, Dale. You could have just kept a, just Dale. You know, like, two more letters. John, don't put dad. Come da- yeah, come on. Get it together. Yeah. Buffy's draft pants. Buffy does have some draft pants there. Pretty great. Are you going to be prepared if a demon springs up behind you and does this? Crunch up. You can ask him for coffee one night. It's the non-relationship drink of choice. It's not a date. It's a caffeinated beverage. Okay, sure, it's hot and bitter like a relationship that way, but must <laughs> gold blend. Oh, gold blend. Can't can't not have that in an episode. Nope, can't do it. <laughs> <clears throat> this isn't a fairy tale. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm, first name, last name, Tom Warner. I'm, first name, last name, Buffy Summers. <laughs> Who needs a social life when you got your very own hell mouth? Mm-hmm. Um, Queen C license plate. Thank you, Cordelia. That's nice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> On that topic, we're like sisters, but with really different hair. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, guys. I'll bring the beetle nuts. 
What are beetle nuts? I have no idea. I don't know. I had that written down too. I spelled it like the beetle, the bug. I, I did don't. Too. I don't know what else that can be. Maybe it's an Indian thing, and that's the reference. Or, I don't know. Who knows? Angel, how do you shave? <laughs> Great. I put that down too. <laughs> Asking the hard questions. I love it. True. <laughs> building the world. That's what that is. Building the world. I like. <laughs> Willow to Buffy. You don't have a sick mother. Dot dot dot. Yet. Oh. oh. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Since when were there orgies and why aren't I on the mailing list? Oh, no. Jerkwater. Oh, jerkwater. What does that even mean? Party's over, jerkwater. <laughs> <laughs> Cordelia gives zero fucks when it comes to driving and never will. Oh, God. Terrible. That's not a skew. That's cockeyed. Which is a skew. <laughs> Thanks for the commentary. <laughs> Um, hollow for webbed armpits. Oh, yeah. Yes. For the snake team, that is mm-hmm. for sure. That's true. Buffy wears black, even though Cordelia specifically asks her not to wear black. Xander, at the end, is reading the Sunnydale Press. That means there's a newspaper. Giles has talked to a press person. The officer gives a press conference. Who are these people? Who are they writing for? If not, the already traumatized. Mm-hmm. I imagine it's like the Stockholm Syndrome of papers. That is the guy you want to party with. <laughs> Gulp. What is this cult? Some kind of cult or something? Cordelia, what are you even? Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that game where you would spell, you would have a bunch of letters and you would have to spell as many words as you could? You know, three letter or four letter or five letter. There's so many words that you can do. Boggle? Not boggle. It's on, it was like on a computer. Yeah, you okay. would be given a certain amount. That's essentially what Willow and Giles were doing, trying to find out that it was Kent. Oh yeah. my god! School. That was yeah. fucking what terrible. What search engine bizarro world is and this? And that's where I'm hoping you bring up your computer. In? Why? And why are you typing in if you're just yeah. like, why don't Kent, you just go through Kent, the alphabet? Kent. <laughs> It'll take you a second to get to K, but once you get there, yeah. come oh on. my god! You guys, I just, I just hate you guys. <laughs> yeah. Two more. One. Danny Strong. Two episodes. What's up? Love it. And then the last one, I'm just going to throw it out there. Xander takes off a bra in one fell swoop. How does he know how to do that? That's some knowledge you don't learn. And I can speak for real. That's, I mean, most guys, like, you don't know how to do that. How does he know? He takes that right off. So does he have experience? Do we have a world of Xander? I don't know. I'm going to leave that to the viewer. I found that interesting. All right. It's time to rank this episode. So... My first category. Willow hack something slash we talk about the net. Gonna give this uh, 2x computer usage time. She got for on it. Horrible, horrible, fake ass search uh, during the bracelet thing. Got, got a 7. 7 to 10. Ah, oh, got it, got it. Number two. Joyce is a terrible mom. Now, Joyce isn't in this episode, okay? <laughs> so this is, this is when we'll give her a 5 for just not showing up. However, Joyce... The best thing she can do is not show up in an episode, and that is proved today by Buffy using her as an excuse. And if she had it, Callie might have died, giving her a six of ten for not oh showing up. Oh my god! <laughs> That's epic. I think this is garbage because Joyce was still in no way involved. True. I love it. <laughs> I love bending the rule of the law. So do the white guys in this episode. Yes. Oh no! <laughs> I'm just saying, if, if she wouldn't have been able to use Joyce as a, a escape. It's totally believable that she's just sick. It's... (laughs) Big Bad Monster of the Week. The snake makeup is not bad, actually. A lot of work went into that. The puppeteering of the actual snake, too. They had to have a huge rig to move the snake. And there was a guy... So it's basically a guy from the the waist up uh, made up. And then they have uh, that apparatus. Like, it's a big rig to move. Couldn't help but laugh. It's it's pretty hilarious. But it's... (sighs) There are much more offensive snakes to come, and that's all we have to think about. Yeah, once we get to fake CGI, then we're fucked. At least we're dealing with puppets right here. So So I gave it a a 7 out of 10, but then I didn't really take into account the actual monsters of the episode, and that is uh, the frat in general. And that would really tank it, but I don't know. I I think I want to try to focus more on the monster, I guess. I don't know. Giles, still on fire Mm. for this episode. It's got a, a, a houndstooth tweed jacket on this time. Oh, my God. And the literal B-plot of this episode is Giles getting his ass handed to him by Buffy over and over. And I just love every second of that. 9 of 10 for Giles. Didn't get knocked out. Also, falling for the pouting thing. One of the best, like... <laughs> oh, yeah, that was so good. One of the best camera <laughs> work of the me. entire thing where they're just... Yeah. They got that close-up. That's They just don't do that often. I really... That was effective. <laughs> 
relationship good goodness badness buffy accompanies cordy to the party we, we don't know for sure that she would have gone otherwise i like to think that she was trying to help cordelia or maybe she really just was really into richard i don't know well, it's mostly that i would imagine but xander does try to help um mm-hmm. he's not doing it to be a nice guy or whatever he's not trying i don't think in this i think this is an earnest buffy's my friend and i'm concerned about her so points for xander for that and then willow's rant to both giles and angel about you know you're 240 years old. You don't have time for a cup of coffee. And Giles, why the hell are you driving here? Buffy deserves better. So eight of ten for our friends in this episode that they were doing, doing a good job. Sure. Yeah, great. Episode specific. This episode, Cordelia's fake laugh. Three of ten. Because it's awful, <laughs> but it's also fun. It's amazing. And it's pretty consistent. Maybe like four or five times she does it. It's yeah. fantastic. <laughs> we start with that. It's very jarring. And you just hear it in the background sometimes. That's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> She's off camera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty great. That gives me a total of 40, which actually ties for Inca Mummy Girl. So does one go above the other? Or? I'm going to have to make that decision later in this I season. I thought you changed your points for Inca Mummy Girl. I did, but it ended up being the same. <laughs> I, gave, I gave one oh, more to like Giles and one to less to friendship. Uh-huh. <laughs> so now we're, we're still 40 and 40. So um, That's okay. That's I'm going to say... I'm going to save it for, for later. I'll figure it out as the season goes on where I want to put this. We might end up with some more ties. See, and I fundamentally disagree with you. So what, what about you? I put um, Reptile Boy at number 12 out of the first season and what we've seen so far. So it is below Never Kill a Boy on the first date and above I, Robot, You, Jane, which puppet show some assembly required in the pack. So 12 out of 17 mm-hmm. episodes this one. Yeah. yeah, this one for me, it was so muddled. It was so shit. And part of me really wants to put this one really low. And I think being generous to me and Mummy Girl, I'm going to have to do this one. Tank it. It's tanking. I'm going to give it 132. Damn! Out of, out of 137. 137! Oh nice. my god, bold choices from this shit episode that doesn't work. Damn. And Damn. fuck Angel and Buffy. Fuck them. Fuck them. Alright, any final thoughts before we wrap up? Episode 5 of Season 2, Reptile Boy. Nope. Stacia? No. Daniel? I just said no. Daniel, we're a real podcast. Yes, we are. By the way, you can find us on Twitter at BeatMePod. You can find us at Tumblr at BB Pod. Um, I always forget Facebook, BB Pod, website, bbpod.wordpress.com. There you go. Uh, at that website, you'll find some show notes and some things about the, mm-hmm. you know, uh, stuff. It's good. Check you it out. find stuff about us as well. So, yeah, we're all there. We also have a playlist that contains at least one song from every artist we mentioned during the news segment, uh, as well as every actual song that's uh, played on the show that's available on Spotify. That is, you can find that on Spotify. Uh, beat me slash sorry hyphen uh, <laughs> not slash <laughs> uh, fun time podcast for playlists or something like that that's oh, not good what is it I remember fun, the last time fun times for playlist users fun time playlist for podcast fans that's it boom station also <laughs> you can find that at our website right, thank you so much for listening my what's next Taylor? week what are we doing next week next week two six one of my favorite episodes oh halloween Oh yeah, episode six, season two. Stay tuned. That's for that. the one where they they all like take on different personas, right? They become their costumes. Out, yeah, they're hanging out on the front porch, right? Yeah. That's the oh, oh yeah. cool. Good times ahead. Meet a new character who's one of my faves. You don't see him enough. Yeah. All right, thank you for joining us. So we'll actually see you. We won't be an episode next week, but there will be an episode in two weeks when we cover season two, episode six, Halloween. I love you. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. See you in two weeks. Bye. <laughs>